0: I've got some good news for you. Don't have a sermon on giving today. Good news, right? Four weeks was enough, maybe? Lewis wants me to do another one, it sounds like. Yes. Do another one. Hey, we're going to be in the book of Genesis for, for the next uh, few months. We're, we're starting this morning uh, a new uh, sermon series through the book of Genesis, um, looking at the idea of Christ in the beginning. And and what we're going to discover throughout the book of Genesis is that Jesus wasn't some sort of plan B that God had. Uh, Jesus was not some sort of, oh no, I made this perfect world and people messed it up, so I've got to figure something out. Uh, And and the book of Genesis is not just a bunch of random historical stories. They all point to Christ. Christ. From, from the very beginning, we're looking at God's plan to redeem us through his son, Jesus Christ, God himself. And we're going to start at the very beginning with creation this morning. Creation is such a, a beautiful topic. Creation is such a, a wonderful place where we can start because it demonstrates the, the, the nature by which God made all things for us. To reveal his glory. And so Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to start. And just kind of some background things so you kind of know where we're going. Most of the sermons that we're going to be looking at over these next few months are going to be divided into two parts. And you can see this in your worship guide in the outline there. There, There's a part where we're going to be looking at just basically what's on the page. What does this passage of scripture say? And that's where we're going to discover truth. But I believe that we miss a lot of things when we don't connect what is true to our lives. We we can know what the Bible says, but not know why it says it. Not know how to live in it. Not know how to walk according to the call that has been placed on our lives. And so we're going to connect that truth to our lives each and every week. It's going to be a fun journey, I'm sure, You'll agree. So if this is your first time visiting with us, you came on a good Sunday. You came as we're starting something new, as we're starting something beautiful, as we're starting something grand because of our great God, our God and our King. Just so you know, I do firmly believe that the first 11 chapters of the book of the Bible are historically accurate as the revealed word of God. I do believe that what we find in these 11 chapters are different in many ways from the world that you and I experience day in and day out. Anybody lived to be 969 years old like Methuselah? I can't tell you why some things are recorded as they are, but I can tell you that this is the word of God without mixture of error. It's not just some sort of old fable and you think, man, Evan, why would you need to tell us that? Because for the better part of the last 100 to 120 years, there have been uh, factions within our faith, so to speak, as Christians that claim that these are made up stories, that these just pertain to how the Jews would relate what they thought about the world. Oh no, it's bigger than that. It's better than that. It's God showing us what he did, when he did it, how he did it, why he did it, so that we could see the glory of God in Christ Jesus. Genesis chapter one. If you need to know where that is, it's page one of your Bible. Um, And so I I made this one easy. You know, last time we were in in Ephesians or imagine you had to find all these places and in the I Give series, we were bouncing all over the place and you had to figure out where we were each and every week. I'm starting to easy. We're on page one um, and... Pretty much whatever Bible you have, it probably is going to be page one, uh, right after the little cover page that says something like this, the Old Testament. And it says this in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and was void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The light, God called day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven or the heavens and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let all the waters under the skies be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called the seas and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind on the earth. And it was so the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds and tree bearing fruit, which is in their own seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And then God said, And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and to rule over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And then God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply that are on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day and then God said, verse 24, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Let's pray. Father it is good you created you made out of nothing everything you spoke into existence the creatures all of creation and you said it was good for lord in that it is a representation of your creativity as the creator It is good because it is a demonstration of your power, of your ability, of who you are as the almighty God. Oh Lord, may we see you clearly today. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And this is a good passage of scripture. It's one that we start learning in a little kid's Sunday school, right? We start learning on which day God made the animals and which day God made the fish and which day God made the, the plants and the stars. And, and we learn all these great things about creation and sometimes we kind of place them on the back burner or, or sometimes we raise questions about creation based on what we saw on National Geographic or the History Channel or, or, or maybe we just don't even really think about it. Because it doesn't really fit with the pattern of our life of get up, get the kids up, get into school, get to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed. It doesn't fit with the ebb and flow, the pattern of our life to really just contemplate what does it mean to to be created or to have a creator. What What does creation even entail? I believe that the biblical account of creation stands accurate. I do not believe that it defies science, but I believe it gives us an understanding of how science impacts the world that God made. Because in creation, God created the scientific laws that govern us. No, there's not a verse of scripture that said, and God said, let there be gravity and everything fell to the earth. I I don't, that's not in there, but it's part of how he created it exists, it's a natural law of physics that exists and seeing it as a created order of God helps us to appreciate and understand the science behind it. But I don't wanna get into science, I don't wanna get into all this, I wanna get into the word of God we did this morning and talk about five truths that we can discover in this text, five pieces of truth that we, uh, that we uncover and wrap our hearts and our minds around. And the first is that before creation ever was, God is. But before creation ever was, God is. It says there in verse one, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God. Literally, what the Hebrew reads right there is in beginning. There's not even a the. See, if you put the the there, the the is a definite article. And a definite article specifies a definite thing that gives us a piece of time to reference back to. And so we can look at this literally as in the beginning and have to understand it as this. When God decided it was time to develop the world, this is how it happened. But even before that, God was there. In beginning. It's kind of like, it's kind of like getting ready for Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to get together at grandma's house, right? And grandma knows all the things that she needs to make sure that her house is ready for Thanksgiving. Now, it could be that grandma waits until Wednesday, the 21st of November of this year to get her house ready for Thanksgiving, but there's not going to be turkey, there's not going to be dressing, there's not going to be cranberry sauce if anybody actually eats that stuff. There's not going to be the deviled eggs because grandma's got to get everything else ready in the house, right? So whenever grandma decides she's going to get up and get things ready, See, I believe that God in eternity past knew that there was going to be a world that he was going to make. There was going to be a universe that he was going to be made. It was just up to him in his infinite glory to decide when to do it. It was already mapped out. See, it wasn't like grandma throwing together one of her... uh, Uh, dressing recipes where it's just a little of this and a little of that she'll figure it out as she goes I believe that God in his cosmic grandeur knew everything that was going to transpire that God with the Holy Spirit and with Christ Jesus together before all of creation before everything appeared that they knew this is what we've mapped out it's just up to us to when we want to do it because before anything was created God was there That's the God that we serve. It says there in this passage of scripture, it says that in beginning, God created, he developed, he made from out of nothing, he made everything. And it says the spirit of God was there hovering. So that leads me to believe that the Trinity, as we understand it, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, was not just a New Testament construct as some would have you believe, but that's how God has always revealed himself as the true God, evident in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, the creator, God, the one who is with us, God, the one who is in us, always there. But he goes on and he shows us that he created an inhabitable world. He he created an inhabitable world. Notice the steps that God takes starting in verse 2, verse 3, all the way through verse 13. He speaks some things into existence and it starts with light. He says, "Let there be light," and it says that there was light. And that light was good. We all believe light is good, right? You you believe we just spent a couple of days uh, with my mother in law and and and, and father in law up in up in just outside of Murphy, North Carolina, and man, it gets dark up there. You, you get out there in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the mountain, it, it gets it gets pretty dark. Go somewhere where there's absolutely no light and try to move around. You'll learn appreciation. But we believe that light is good. Most of what we do, well, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Everything we do except for sleep requires light. If you've got a job, you've got to have light to do your job. And if you're working in a dark place, you carry a flashlight with you to get that job done. Because light is good. He goes on, and not only did he he call light, he he also creates this expanse. Notice with me in verse six, it says, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. What in the world? (laughs) What is this canopy that he's trying to create to separate water from water? He's not trying to build the Panama Canal. He's created the atmosphere around our globe. Did you know that the planet Earth is the only planet that has an atmosphere such as ours? There's atmospheric pressure around others, but nothing that would sustain life. So for everybody that believes we're going to live on the moon or on Mars one day, we've got to come up with some sort of biodome atmosphere that would protect us from the sun, but also would would protect us from, from the outer space, lack of oxygen, lack of gravity, all those things out there that will kill you, right? See, we don't have to worry about that here. you can walk out of this building and you don't have to have like a space hat on to to live on planet earth. Now I get it. We live just outside of Atlanta so the air quality might not be the greatest and you might want to get one of those space but you don't have to have it. You, You can step out and breathe the Atlanta air. Get a big lung full of it and be okay. But what's even better about this is this whole global atmosphere that we have that produces rain all on its own? See, if you ever take a, a, a Ziploc bag, when you get home, do this. Do this for me. Go home, get a Ziploc bag, and put like a piece of bread in the Ziploc bag, and then put the Ziploc bag out on your porch for just a you know an hour. When you go out there, you're going to notice that even though you didn't put water in the Ziploc bag, there's going to be some condensated water that's resting underneath on the inside of that bag. I didn't take physics, so I can't tell you what that's actually called, but that's how our atmosphere works. The sun beats down on our atmosphere and the humidity of the world that we have starts collecting and rain showers come, right? That's how an inhabitable world takes care of itself. Yeah, we can call on God to send rain. And I've heard cool missionary stories where where missionaries have have, have called on local tribal leaders to quit practicing their witchcraft and and their animistic religion. And they pray to God to send rain and God sends rain. I've seen it in South Georgia with peanut farmers wanting to have some rain so they can get their their harvest in. But God created a world that would self-replenish so that we could inhabit it. You know why he did it? Because he loves us. Because he was creating a world for us to enjoy. But not only did he create light, not only did he create the atmosphere, it says, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. Now, I love going to the beach, I love getting out on the lake, I like playing in water, but I can't live in water. I am not a fish. We had to have dry land in order to live on the land. You've got to have dry land to grow crops. You've got to have, God's creating a world that can be inhabited. He's creating a world because he's setting it up for something beyond just the water, just the atmosphere, just the light. He says, let the earth sprout vegetation. Vegetation. Plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind on the earth. You ever overwater a plant? Not gonna live too long. Now some plants can live in pretty nasty and and, and pretty wet and damp conditions. Some plants can live underwater, fully submerged. You're not gonna get an apple out of that. Anybody going to go buy some pecans, 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 however you say it? See, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're from from South Georgia, it's pecans. If you're, if you're from like Alabama, it's pecans. From the North, it's pecans. I say pecans. I'm kind of meat in the middle, all right? I can go either way with it. It's a, it's, it's a nut. You're not going to get any pecans, pecans, pecans. You're not going to get any of those from an overly wet Anybody get tomatoes out of the swamp? That just sounds gross to even think about, right? You got to have dry land. God's creating a world that's to be inhabited. But here's the cool thing about God. This is truth number three. God creates it by his word. Notice with me, verse three, verse six, verse nine, verse 11, verse 13, and then on into to verse 24 and 26. God said, God said, God said. And it happened. Now, now, grandma's getting ready for Thanksgiving, right? And she's not sitting back with her feet propped up. I'm going to sit back a minute. Let there be baked turkey. Let there be dressing. Let there be a clean house. How many of you would love to be able to do that? Right? I mean, we're consistently trying to find new and creative ways to make our lives easier. That's why the Jetsons was going to have Rosie. I'm still waiting on Rosie. That's why, that's why now they have these things. Crock pots weren't good enough, so they have instant pots. It's not instant. You still got to let the thing heat up and cook for 30 or 45 minutes, depending on how long. But it's a whole lot quicker than six hours in the slow cooker, right? but nobody has the power to sit back and just say, let there be, and it happened, right? It doesn't matter how rich you are. You could be a billionaire and you could think that you're saying, let this happen and then somebody else go and do it, but it doesn't just happen. See, I believe that there are six days of creation, but I think to limit God to six days is a slap in his face because it didn't take God a whole day to say, let there be light, and it happened. He didn't work for the government. It would have taken more than six days to do all that if he weren't from the government anyway. He said, let it happen. And I do not believe that by in creating by his word that he had to say, let this and go step by step. I said, I believe that God spoke with his very word and said, let there be all of these things that swarm and it all happened at once. Not species by species by species, by by genus, by all this, everything at once, boom. Because before creation was, God is. See, if he was already there, he could do it how he wanted to do it, the way he wanted to do it, and he used his word to make it happen. That's pretty awesome. That that is phenomenal power that we cannot even begin to grasp. But But he did it because he loves us. Like, well, if he loved us, why did he make mosquitoes? I can't answer that one yet. I will figure it out one day, maybe, or else I'm going to ask him when I get there. But then starting in verse 14, we see that not only did he create an inhabitable world, he created the inhabitants for his world. Verse 14 through 25, he starts flinging life into the picture he, he, and I know your first thought is like, well, the first thing he says is a sun and a moon. And, you know, I'm not sure about you, but the sun and the moon aren't alive, are they? No, I don't believe they are. But I believe that part of the inhabitable world and creating the inhabitants, God gives us with the creation of the sun and the moon. One to rule by day, one to rule by night. One to mark the season. Think about it. What's about to start happening, or it's already happening with the sun? It gets darker quicker, right? We know that fall is coming and we could set our clock by September 21st the night of September 21st, around 9 p.m. Beginning, be the beginning of fall or autumn. Why? Because of where God has placed the direction and the movement of the sun and the moon. We know that December 22nd is gonna be the first day of winter because of what? Because of where we fall with the sun and the moon. We know that March is gonna be spring. We know that June is gonna be summer, not because it's hot, but because he has given us these things by which we can watch and know the time and the seasons God didn't make a mistake he made it so that it could be inhabited inhabited and put the inhabitants there fish, birds reptiles snakes for whatever reason spiders cows, pigs even bulldogs he put them there By his word, by his word, he creates all of these inhabitants and he places them in the world that he made. And then we find that he gave each one specific design. Specific design was given for sustenance. I want you to think through that with me. Specific design was given through sustenance. Cows produce cows, pigs produce pigs, Peach trees produce peaches. Peanuts produce peanuts. God specifically designed everything so that it would sustain the life that he was creating by his very own word. So you don't have to go and say, well, that's an apple seed right there. I hope I get lemons. And be shocked when you don't get lemons. Lemons. Bermuda grass produces Bermuda grass. Bahia grass produces Bahia grass. Eagle eggs hatch eagles. Chicken eggs hatch chickens. Bass eggs fat, fat, hatch whatever they. I don't know if fish eggs hatch or not. Not the way that chicken eggs do, they produce their own kind. This is key to where God takes us in the creation of man. And we'll talk about that next week as we celebrate the nations. But it's specific to his design for how he made the world. And think about it. If he is the creator, if he existed before everything, he can do it how he would want to do it, how he chose to do it according to his own set of plans and didn't have to ask us our opinion. Because Trust me, if everybody in this room needed to give or wanted to give God an opinion on how to make something, nothing would have gotten made, would it? Well, God, you know, I think you ought to do it this way. I think you need to make it to where, God, I don't want to tell you how to do this, but maybe all this would work out a whole lot better if there weren't spiders, it may, may, maybe just leave the snakes off the thing. May, maybe just don't do that. Maybe only make two colors. Maybe only make orange and blue. Don't make the rest of them. Just make orange and blue. That's the only ones you need anyway. There are a lot of ways that we could go about and give our opinions to God. Hey, hey, God, may, maybe, maybe make it to where we don't need a government. We could just do things ourselves. God, God may, maybe, maybe just maybe make it daylight all the time. We don't need sleep. God knew what he was doing and so he made it according to his specific design. So what do we do with this? Well, how do we connect this and walk out of this knowing, okay, this, this is why we have the creation narrative. This is why we're walking through this together. First, we see that God's eternality gives me hope for today. Be, because God was there before it all began, because he is the only truly eternal being, it gives me hope for Today. Because you and I are not eternal. I I want you to catch that. And I want you to let that resonate right in your heart for just a minute. We're not eternal. He, in his grace and mercy by the blood of Christ Jesus, will give us eternal life by faith in his son. But we had a definite beginning. We were not some pre-existent soul that was just floating out there waiting for a body to inhabit. We are not eternal. But because there is one who is eternal, because there is one who was there before everything else began, we can have hope today that our future is secure. This week might be rough for you guys. It might be rough for me. I don't know what this week holds. But I know the eternal God that spoke it all into existence. And in him I have hope. And in him you can have hope by the blood of his son Jesus. The second thing we see is that this world was made for my enjoyment and for my thrivability. And you're thinking, thrivability, is that even a word? It is now not because I used it. Thrivability is the idea that many groups with many backgrounds, with many ideas can come together to form one solid base on which to stand. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment in the context of the church, in the context of being one of God's children. Each one of you came from different sets of parents. Each one of you came from different backgrounds. Each one of you came from a different position within the world, but you've come together as a child of God in the world that He created, into the body that He called for His own purpose. For what purpose? Not to meander, not to flounder, but to thrive. To thrive. Everything you see in the world out here is to be used, not to allow it to use you. We use things. And God gave us things that we could enjoy. Man, I love peaches. I love them. Not just because I grew up in the peach state, but because they taste good. You know what else I love? Pizza. Not because I'm Italian, because I have no Italian in my body but because it's good. Now, based on how you eat your pizza, it might not be good for you. I eat mine dipped in ranch or garlic butter. Neither one of them I think are good for you, but I can enjoy it. As long as I don't let that take over my identity and find my hope and my peace there. God created this world. You remember the command? We'll get to it in a couple of weeks that he gave to Adam. He says, look, look at this garden that I made for you. Look at everything. Enjoy it all. Except for this one. Don't focus on this one. Look at everything else that I created for you to enjoy, for you to thrive. God puts you where he puts you because he made you in his image and he wants you to thrive in this world, not just as a person, but as a child of God. So he created a world that you and I could enjoy. The third one is that Jesus is not only the agent of creation, but the sustainer of creation. And this is where I want you to connect this to your heart, right, right close, right, right tight. It says there time and time again, God spoke, God said, God said, God said. It was God's word that created. The word of God is Christ Jesus. John chapter one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And by the word were all things made that have been made. Made. You skip down to verse 14, he says, And the word took on our flesh and dwelt among us. Who was it that came from heaven on high to dwell among us in our flesh? Jesus Christ. Who was it that was the son of God that was sent out of heaven to bear the weight of our sin, to live here, to dwell among us? Jesus Christ. Who was it that, the, that Paul says in the book of Colossians made everything and by him do all things hold together? But Jesus Christ, Christ, You cannot look at the creation story and see the spoken nature of how God made everything and not see that God through Christ Jesus made a world that Jesus would redeem. Oh my goodness, such a big miss when we look at it without seeing Christ Jesus, the eternal son of God, standing there as the agent of creation and the one that's holding us all together right now. I am convinced, I am convinced that what the only thing that keeps this cosmic ball from whirling out of control is the hand of Christ Jesus himself who was seated at the right hand of the majesty God himself on high, who knew from the very beginning as he was making this right there with his father, right there with the Holy Spirit of God, who knew that this was the world for which he was going to die, that he himself would be the only one that could hold it together. And is your life spinning out of control right now? It could be that the only thing that's keeping, you, that's keeping you from completely flipping the edge is the hand of Jesus Christ. Don't resist him. Don't hold him off. Don't say, oh, that's just some sermon thing that the pastor was talking about. No, no, no. That is God's mercy and grace on your life holding you through the blood of Christ Jesus. And you can resist it and you can turn away from it and you can walk away from it right now. You can, you absolutely can. God gives you that ability to walk away from it right now. I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't advise it because an eternal God that would love you enough to hold your life together, to hold everything in the created world together with his own son, by his own son, through his own son is a God worthy of our respect, our worship, our praise, our very lives. Don't, don't, don't walk away from him. Because if you see creation the way the Old Testament presents creation and the way the authors of the New Testament that God used, the, 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 the human hands that God used by His Holy Spirit to write His Word. You, you'll see this next point that God's care and specificity and design shows that His intention towards me is kind. It, it's kind. He, he creates a specifically designed world because he's setting it up for us. He's setting it up because he loves us especially. Next week, the, the, the key for next week as we get together, see, next week we're gonna be doing Celebration of the Nations. We've got a couple of banners and you, you see the flags. Each one of these flags represents one of the nations from where our people in our church, our church members, where, where they're from. And 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 I I would like to encourage you, um, if you can to to maybe if you have something that you can wear that represents your, your native land to wear that. I would dress up like my native land, but I'm from Louisiana, and y'all require me to wear a shirt when I'm up here, so um, I I can't really do that. Um, but you know um, may, may, maybe I can per- slip that one through personnel this week. I don't know. I'll ask them. Um, but but each country represents how God made us in His image how God made us in his likeness. You should all be glad that there's not one person that represents perfectly the physical image of God. Because when we get glorified bodies in, after this life, that's what we would inherit. And you'd be like, well, I don't want to look like that guy. I don't want to look like her. Even though that's what we try to mask ourselves with. But see, God said, you don't have to do that because I'm creating a world where you can see my power, my glory, my majesty, because I love you. My intention towards you is kind. It's not to harm you. It's not to cast you off. It's not to condemn you. It's to reveal to you my wonder, my power, my majesty. So Paul says in the book of Romans, hey, you know what? From the beginning, from creation, there is no one without excuse because the created world demonstrates the power of our God. Thomas in Psalm 19 says, look, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. We can see with the careful placement. See, think think about it, think about it. I know they're like billions of miles away or whatever, but the same Orion's belt that I can see in the sky tonight is the same one that they were seeing 500 years ago, 15,000 years ago. Whenever people's first started walking there, they could see those same three stars in a line for Orion's belt. They could see that same big dipper. They could see that same little, I can't figure out the little dipper. I can see the big one, the little one I have trouble with. They could see it. Why? Because God specifically placed these things. You ever go to McDonald's and they don't get your order right? Sometimes you can go to a restaurant a few times over the course of six, eight weeks, a year, and you learn which shifts to avoid based on whether your order's right or not. You know, you you know, you're, you're, you're most likely to get your order right if you go to McDonald's uh, around, around 2 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. because of the shift, the shift change or whatever. You figure some of these things out. You don't have to worry about that with God. He, do, he doesn't have this shift where he might drop you. His intention towards you is kind because he designed things to work specifically. Even our redemption. Even our redemption in Christ Jesus. He shows his order. He shows his pattern so that we could see that we can come to know this God as he reveals himself. Because he shows creation, demonstrates that God's purpose is for me to know him. God's purpose is for me to know him. You know what his kind intention is for you? To know him. To know that he is God, to know that he is the creator, to know that he is the sustainer, to know that he alone is the one who has authority and power over your life. Now we give it away. We give it away to people, we give it away to possessions, we give it away to to relationships, we give it away to substance, we give control and power over life, to, to, to emotions, to a lot of things. But he alone is the one that truly has this power because he alone is the one that existed before time began he alone is the one that reached into into our world with the hope and peace that he could only offer through his son Jesus Christ see if you and I if we see a God who is powerful enough to make it all by his very word then we will know the God who is powerful enough to redeem us through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. I heard Adrian Rogers once say, Adrian Rogers, former pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. Many of you may know who Adrian Rogers was, but longtime pastor as a Southern Baptist. One time I heard him say, the Bible starts, in the beginning, God. If you can get through that, you won't have any problem with the rest of it. It's starts with the eternal God who loved us enough to make a world where we could live so that we could know him and know that when he sent his son he showed his love what about you this morning are you just walking through the created existence the created world not really sure what's your purpose what's your plan why it all exists let me invite you to know this God Let me invite you to know this God that has shown that he wants to know you because he made a world where you can thrive, where you can enjoy, where you can see his power and his majesty. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And as we have a time of invitation, I'm going to ask you to to see the hand of this God that loves you, the hand of this God that made you, the hand of this God that has given a world where we can thrive.